Welcome to Inside the Kentucky Derby, where we are hot and heavy in the Derby mix here at Churchill Downs, and we are lucky enough to have one of the busiest trainers on the backside join us here in our office. He's a man that goes a little bit everywhere, and we're lucky enough that he took the time out to join us this morning. Brad Cox joins Kevin Kirstein, Darren Rogers here with you on Inside the Kentucky Derby. What's happening, Brad? A lot. I don't know how lucky you are having me on your show, but... <laughs> oh, come on. We're lucky. You, uh, like, I don't know. Every time I drive by Barn 22, there seems to be action going on, whether it be owners or media members or goats. Everything is happening at Barn 22. <laughs> Have you gotten used to all this media attention? I mean, we're in the midst of, you know, the derby season. Do you get used to all this yeah, interviews I, and stuff now? I, I think you do kind of get used to it and get a little more comfortable with it for sure as, um, you know, and it, it, listen, it's a good thing. I, I'm, I'm glad they're stopping at my barn and not, <laughs> right? you know, or, 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 you know, going next door and, and uh, you know, we got no media attention. But, you know, our horses have put us in this position. We're very proud of um, our horses and what they've accomplished. And, you know, this is, honestly, this is what we designed our our stable around is trying to get to the Kentucky Oaks and the Kentucky Derby with these uh, young young three-year-olds that obviously some of them we've been a part of them these horses since they were a yearling and their selection or you know some of them are homebreds but um, you know we're, we're excited about the position we're in and we look forward to this every year. Brad is, is part of this road to the Derby you know I know there's elation when you when you get there you know you've got three potentially in the starting gate maybe a fourth um, in Jace's road, but also part relief with some of the others where maybe all along you knew they were talented. You knew they deserved a shot to go around a ground, but now you're able to, they've kind of answered the questions and you're able to run maybe a one turn horse in one turn spots. Is, is it part relief too? A, a little bit. Yeah. And they do sort themselves out. I mean, eventually, I mean, a perfect example, I think of that is, is Corona bolt is one that comes to mind. Um, you know, you don't know till you try, right? Like mm-hmm. he was very, very, very good in his first two. Um, and then we saw him in the, um, Southwest just, you know, listen, it was raining, it was wet. Um, didn't work out that day. Um, obviously we cut him back to three quarters and, you know, he showed us enough that, you know, I think I think he wants to be around one turn. Then we brought him back out of that allowance race to to Keeneland, and he performed very well. So, yeah, it, it is. They sort themselves out. You have opinions. I wasn't dead set on him being a one turn horse. I needed to see it for myself, and and, and Stone Street needed to see it for the, for themselves as well. But um, you know, the, these horses, as the year goes on, you know, you dream, and the number one dream is always the Kentucky Derby. I do believe uh, for for most people, absolutely. Uh, and and uh, you know, until they say they don't want to do it. Um, you give them the opportunity. And once again, they sort themselves out throughout the spring or winter and spring. So the road to the Derby, you know, begins in September officially, mm-hmm. but I know in, you know, May, you start to get a lot of your two-year-olds that come in from Keeneland to Churchill, go through the last year with us of, you know, all of the two-year-olds that now developed into three-year-olds and, you know, the three that you have in the Derby right now, Angel of Empire hit show verifying, and then we can throw Jace's road for the fourth, uh, you know, they weren't always the top of the class necessarily in, in May, it seemed like. Um, no, no. Uh, Jace's road kind of, he was working at Keeneland and, and my assistant Tessa uh, over there, she kind of jumped on this horse pretty quick and, and said, you know, he he's a good one. And he was pretty steady every single week. We were running first time out at Ellis and, you know, he showed showed himself well. I think he ended up being a TD and rising star. Got a good figure out of the race. Uh, came back here. We really liked him in the air coin. That 
you know, that was a good race with Damon's Mound and Echo again. And um, I thought he was really flying under the radar. I thought he could win the race. He ran a good race, but it was a little bit of an odd race. Um, the way he broke, he put himself in, in position, kind of fell out of it, then re-rallied to be third. Um, the one thing with Jace's Road throughout, since we've started with him, he's just a touch inconsistent. We get a good race, we get a flat race. We get a good race, get a flat race. But overall, you know, he's, he's a sound horse. He, he's you know, right there on the cusp of getting in. Um, we'll see how it goes. Um, transferring or moving over to Angel of Empire. Um, nice horse. Uh, kind of always knew he'd be a two-turn horse. Lot, you know, nice body, but a lot of leg underneath of him and thought, you know, based off pedigree as well, thought, you know, he's going to do his best around two turns. Um, I know I was at Saratoga the day one, and my one of my assistants told me, I don't remember, but he said, um, we're running a first-timer today at Indiana, and he'll win. I told him that. So I, that's what he said. I, I don't remember saying it, but, yeah. <laughs> but I, I did like the horse. I thought he was a horse that, um, you know, would be better around two turns. And we started that right off the bat with him one mile at Churchill. or I'm sorry, one mile at Indiana. And one thing goes back to that. He, he was a PA bred. So that's the reason for starting at Indiana. Mm-hmm. It, he he would have only run for like 25000 at Ellis, I do believe, with the money, the Kentucky money. Um, so that that's that's why I started there. Um but no, he's he's a horse that's definitely developed as as he's done it more, and, and he I certainly do believe he's a mile and a quarter horse. That day, the, the day he won the Risen Star, mm-hmm. I mean, he really moved forward. Um, I thought that was such a good race. You know, now it might have favored closers a little bit that day, mm-hmm. um, but he proved in the Arkansas Derby that that was no fluke. Today, he's still a little bit under the radar. Um, you know, he's not, put it this way. Here's a horse that's won the Risen Star in the Arkansas Derby. And I, I don't think he's considered by the public uh, one of the top five betting choices. No, maybe not. And But but I will tell you this. When you go back and look at his um, Arkansas Derby, I thought it was visually, it was very, very good. And, and his Risen Star was good as, as well. He was between horses. He split horses. He finished up well. He really finished up well in the Arkansas Derby. And, and I, listen, I, I was watching the race with a friend of mine, and he was standing behind me. And at the 3 8 pole in the Arkansas Derby, I looked at him. I said, this horse is a winner. Yeah. I mean, like, he he was yeah. like, unless he gets stopped or something happens, I thought he looked like he was moving like a winner. So, um, you know, he, he has a horse, once again, that's developed. You know, he's two for two going a mile in an eighth. Yeah. Um, so I think it bodes well. And just to transfer that over to the mile and a quarter and just the way he's finished up in his last two. Now, now I have to ask you, uh, verifying, I think has driven me crazy personally <laughs> more than any other horse on this year's road to the Derby. Was he equally as puzzling to you with the in and out performances? And did you always have faith that you were going to get that effort against top competition like you did last time out. That was a he- that was a winning race in the bluegrass. I thought he'd win last time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's how uh, much confidence I had in him. You, you know, you're right. He has been a little in and out. We liked him a lot in his first run. I loved him in the champagne. I'm not certain he was in the best part of the track. Maybe he just wasn't as good. He was short on seasoning and, and experience. It was just the second start of his run re- career. You know, I, if I look, you know, you always look back. I almost felt like I run him in the, Breeders' Cup, maybe just because I didn't have a horse in the Breeders' Cup, and yeah. he, he was going to make the field, and, and he was doing fine. You run um, second in the Champagne. You're supposed yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So I kind of felt like, you know, listen, if he jumps up and he moves forward, but he just wasn't ready at that time for that those type of horses. Uh, we rebounded. Um, what about the Rebel? The the, the Rebel, I, I just, I just, I, I don't really have an answer 
I, I thought he was in a good position. He was down on the inside. He went from laying third, and then all of a sudden he was eighth or ninth. Yeah. And then he re-rallies, and he ends up fourth. I'm not certain he wins that day, but I think he's right there. I really did feel like he was right there. And then watching him breeze down at the fairgrounds the month of March, I felt really confident we would get a big race out of him in the in the Lex, or in the uh, bluegrass, and and we did. And he galloped out well with Tapas Trice. So um, I, I I'm I um I was very high on him that day. I thought he ran like you said a winning race, uh, just second best. But um, I think he's better for it, and I love the way he's moving. He's going to breeze tomorrow for the first time. You lost uh, two races that day by a neck and a nose, and then we won't mention punch ball the day before. <laughs> uh, hit show was the other one in yeah. the wood, oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah. that was another tough beat, it seemed it, like. It was, and he's another one that I thought, I mean, I thought he would be right. Th- well, he was right there, and he ran a winning race and was just come up short nose, but he was training the right way. He and verifying it actually breezed the week before a Friday morning at 5.30 a.m., and they, they put on a show there um i was there for it jumped in the car later that day and drove to oakland for the um arkansas derby the next the following day but um i really like what we saw from him that morning at keeneland it gives the confidence that they both run well uh, the following saturday we were trying to beat the rain and stuff that that weekend um but you know they're both good colts i think you know they got something out of those races uh going a mile and an eighth and uh, i do think you know given the right setup there'll be factors in the derby i truly believe that uh, brad of course, is a Louisville native, and um, you know you've grown up around the Churchill Downs, the racetrack. We know you have no hobbies whatsoever. You <laughs> eat and breathe horse racing. Uh, how many horses do you have now? What two hundred? Uh, no, not quite two hundred. Probably one forty right now. As two year olds will start funneling in stuff over the next month or a couple months, and uh, you know it'll fluctuate. But we'll, we'll, we'll normally the summertime is where you reach your peak, and then throughout the fall or maybe winter you kind of dip and then spring starts picking back up with the young horses. Okay. So you only have 140 horses (laughs) to focus on, but I know you're like us and you love this road to the Derby. You, Mm -hmm. you, you, I'm, I know you're familiar with the competition on paper. It doesn't look like there's a whole lot of pace in this year's Derby. Mm -hmm. When you have a horse like a verifying or even a Jace's road who like to be more forward, Mm -hmm. does that, do you train, differently knowing that going into a race at this point probably not i mean we're just looking to maintain fitness these horses have kind of developed their running styles so far um i think when after they've run maybe three four times and some of these are lightly raced but after you run three or four times you should probably have a pretty good idea how much early pace you're going to have early foot um but no in regards to these morning works and how we're training the way we do it um, our, our, our staff are stable. Um, it, just looking to maintain fitness, put good works into them, uh, you know, and just hope, hoping they come out of it in good order, sound happy moving forward. And, um, you know, hopefully they get good trips and it, it all comes down to, 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 um, you know, how the race unfolds, right. Um, pace makes the race, I guess. And, um, look what it, ha- look what happened in the Kentucky Derby last year. And yep. uh, I think, um, you know, you just want to get a good, clean run race, and hopefully you're where you need to be in the race. I mean, it's 20-horse field. It's it's a lot to overcome. You know, you've talked a lot about developing the horses and training them and going into it, and you've experienced the derby a few times. Have you ever got caught up in the emotion yet of when you walk over my old Kentucky home? Is that caught up to you in that moment, or are you still just focused on the race? Laser-focused. And I'm going to tell you exactly how why um, – you know, playing my old Kentucky home 10 minutes before the race is probably one of the most 
kind of can be one of the most emotional things you see, especially if you love the race and you know the history of it and all that. Um, the first time I, I with um, Mandaloon and Essential Quality, the first time we ran in it a couple of years ago, um, the song was over coming to the end and I was really focused on both horses and just how they were hand they you know went to the pony how they were presenting themselves and how they were on the track so it's all business um I think one year maybe it was last year we were walking over and I think there was a drone overhead and I was very you know keyed into that drone yeah as to how my horses are going to react to that drone being overhead so for me um, I'm on, or, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still on the time clock, you know, <laughs> I'm, still, I'm, still, I'm yeah. still working. Um, so no, no, it, it, it is a little, it is a little different as much as I would like to say, you know, it's, it's an emotional experience in this, but I'm working and, and, uh, and I'm paying attention to my horse. I mean, you may see me just walking over and, but believe me, my eyes and my ears and my focus is on each horse. Speaking of different, I know, you know, I know you love being told, Brad Cox, Kentucky Derby winning trainer. Um, of course, you kissed in, in in 2021 with Mandaloon and the, the disqualification of Medina Spirit. Um, I, 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 you're happy to take the money, happy to take the trophy, happy that the horse has those accolades. But it's not the same, is it? Like, I, I, I've known you and just the whole reaction – there didn't seem to be anything celebratory about it. No. You want to, you want to experience it yeah. firsthand the right way. For sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll walk out into the, you know, and have, um, have your picture taken and have a, you know, a wind picture bottom line. We don't have a wind picture from that. And so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, it'd definitely be the biggest and the best wind picture we've ever had. And one experience. And I've tell everybody, listen, the Kentucky Derby, it's not the richest race in, in, in the world or even America. And it's the, the Kentucky Derby. It's, it's that thrill of victory. That's what it's all about. It's, um, you know, it's the thrill of victory. And when Mandolin got beat, it, you know, I was actually, I mean, he ran a great race. It's very proud, but that was the agony of defeat, too, because I can remember standing on the outside rail and I was like, wow, so close, but so far. And we can't do this again for a whole year. Oh. Uh, so, um, you know, and, and it's, it's a hard race just to get into. Um, it, I, I tell people that all the time. I mean, just when you break it down, 20,000 foals, half of which make it to the racetrack about one to 2% are even nominated to the triple crown. Then you go through this 35 race series. Yeah. And Oh, by the way, there's, there's other really nice horses on the outside looking in. Yeah. Um, just to be one of those top 20 yeah. is a heck of an accomplishment. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, you see guys, you know, we've been fortunate to be a part of it the last few years, but guys like Todd Pletcher and D Wayne Lucas, that have been so many times with so many horses. I mean, just tells you, how, I mean, they're world-class trainers, bottom line. Yeah. Uh, what about the Derby? Where do you watch the Derby from? Have you changed it up the last couple of years? Where do you uh, watch well, there's a lot, we got a little construction going on this year, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, good TV. I mean, I'm a, I'm your you TV know, guy. I'm a, always been a TV guy. I don't, I don't care if it's Breeders' Cup Classic, the Kentucky Derby. I want to see it. I want to know. I want the fraction to pop up. I want to kind of <laughs> it's going through my head as to you know where where these horses are and and how fast the pace is and and who who's who's tucked down inside, who's not saving ground and what whatever else. But uh, there's a lot going through my mind during that. Two plus minutes. So, so note to, you know, make sure we find them a TV within <laughs> the paddock area. The new That's, racing office, I think, is going to be a big player yeah. for Brad. I think yeah, the yeah, Horseman's that, that, Lounge. Yeah. Have you seen the new Horseman's Lounge? No. Is that by the racing office? It's in the yeah. racing okay, office. Yeah. I think you're going to like well, it. Well, actually, uh, last fall, I think, I watched a lot of races here in the parlay. Yeah. Just kind of hang out. I, it, honestly, I, like, I, like, I know the Derby, it's a little different deal, but I always normally like to watch a race quiet. 
uh, and just a TV in front of me. And honestly, if I can find a place with no one around, it's even better. Even better. <laughs> even better. Good luck on Derby. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, let's talk about your oak sources. Wet paint, botanical. Uh, is it the Alice look? The Allies um, look? I call her the Allies look originally, but uh, a Dawn Thrash told us it's the Alice look and it's named after her granddaughter alice okay so all right that's all good right. to know yeah. and then and then i think you'd probably love to see punch bowl get an opportunity as well but talk about your uh you know really four nice quality three-year-old fillies yeah no um obviously we start with punch bowl i guess being on the outside looking in she's she's a nice filly we you know she was a late developer come to us late i don't think she showed up in our barn until december but uh you know, nice Philly, a lot of talent. I think she's a Philly that could be a player in the division at the top level as the year goes on. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll just, just kind of um, you know, really not really planning on running her in the Oaks right now. Mm-hmm. The other three Phillies, uh, Wet Paint, um, Dallas Look, and um, Botanical all worked this morning. Very, very good moves. Um, Wet Paint was alongside um, the Alice Look, 5.8. So we had a minute and one on Wet Paint, a minute and three on... Alice, look, she broke off a length or two in front. That's why we had a difference in time. But galloped out on even terms. Very good move. Uh, both of them look like they cooled out well. And um, Botanical, we was really going to let her run a little bit this morning just to see if she handled the dirt alongside Flashy Gym, which is a very good workhorse. They actually raced against each other last time out at Turfway in the um, the the Bourbonette. Oh, they ran 1-2, and it was a really good move from both. They were a minute and one-fifth out 15, out 7 eighths and 27. So good move. How much of a concern is that? Just trying dirt for the first you, you, time? You never really know till you try it, but I've seen enough from her, her uh, that I'm confident that she can transfer her form over. She ran well on the turf. She ran well, obviously, all winter on the synthetic. And we had her here last summer, breezing her on the um, dirt. And I like what I saw from her. Um, I just wanted to get her started. She's, I wouldn't say she was blessed with a lot of early speed, giving me the confidence to sprint her. So I decided to you know, run her at Kentucky Downs to start her career. You have a couple of horses that hold, uh, if, you, if you don't mind, just talk about some of the Derby Day noms, um, uh, Derby Week noms. You've got West Willpower and Zozos both holding entries in the uh, the Ali Sheba. Are they on target for that race? Yeah, West Willpower is doing great. He's going to breeze tomorrow. Um, very impressed with this horse's last run in New Orleans. I think he got a 109 buyer and a three and a quarter on the sheets. So I think, you know, if he, if he stays in that range, he's one of the top horses in the country. Um, good colt uh, that's getting better with age. Um, a nice horse that is on track for the Ali Sheba. Zozos, we're looking at the um, Nick's go with him, turning him back to one-turn mile. I think that might be a spot that makes sense. It's restricted to horses that haven't won a graded stake, so it probably fit well. He should fit well in there. Um, he's had plenty of time since his last race. Will Wadsworth get a try on the American turf? That's our plan right now. He's doing really well. Um, we may breeze him this weekend on the turf. Just depends on what the weather looks like, but very happy with how he came out of the Jeff Ruby, um, a horse that we really liked a lot last year. He just didn't quite run as well, um, early on as we thought we transferred him over to the synthetic. He enjoyed that. Obviously actually castrated him as well after the Keeneland. He wasn't behaving quite well in the paddock and just the way he was acting thought, you know, it could might help the castrate him. So I don't know if the synthetic moved him up as much as the castrating, but um, I'm hopeful that he'll like the grass. He's out of a great one winning mare on the grass. Matt Araya, uh, um, Derby City Distaff. Yeah, very excited to give her another run here. She won the eight bells last year. Yeah. It's probably going to be a very good race. but um, And she ran great last time out at, at – um, and Oaklawn, uh, Flavian come back that day and said it might not have been her favorite surface that day. Um, it was wet, kind of 
it got in some wet weather, but, um, you know, I'm hopeful that she can move forward. I really love the way she's trained since that race. I loved her going into the race as well, but uh, I really like how she's trained here at Churchill. Now you won the Beaumont with key of life and you don't ordinarily wheel back quickly, but is the eight bells under consideration or do you sit back and wait for Pimlico Belmont? I'm probably going to wait. Uh, and, and I did wheel her back a little quick off her previous win there at Oakland. I think it was back in three weeks. So, um, I think maybe 22 days to be exact, but, um, probably going to just set tight on her. Um, um, we'll, we'll, we'll give her one breeze in a week or a couple weeks and just kind of see where we are, but I'm happy with how she came out of it. What about, uh, you got lots of three-year-olds in your barn. What about the Pat Day mile? You got any targeting that race? Do we get to see Corona ball? <laughs> it's, it's possible. He, he, it's, it'll either be there or over to, to Woody Stevens at Belmont. Um, I think we ended up with eight or nine nommed, um, Jace's road. I mean, look, if he doesn't get in, it could be a possibility for him. Is that well, Ian Clover's another one. Instant coffee is a possibility. I mean, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll just kind of see how the race comes up, the pace scenario, and what we're what we're seeing. And then, of course, the turf sprinting mare uh, Caravel. Uh, she beat boys last time in the Shaker Town. She could go in the Twin Spires turf sprint. She could go in the Unbridled Sydney. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Right now, we're probably leaning a little bit more toward the Unbridled Sydney. The goals, short term goals, to get her. Um, to Ascot and then hopefully back to the Breeders' Cup. Um, you know, we'll see how it goes, but very happy with the way she breezed on the turf yesterday. She looked fantastic. The turf looked fantastic. And, um, you know, she's a very good workhorse, but she really cruised home from the quarter pole to the wire yesterday on the turf course here. But probably right now, more more unbridled Sydney. I can't wait to see you in a top head. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind seeing it if it's a wind pitcher. Yeah. Hey, last one. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about first mission. Another late one on the scene, but... Uh, Looks like you got yourself a Preakness horse here. Yeah, he's nice. I, I, I like him. He, um, you know, he, we ran, I did, he, we actually run him against another cultivars, Bishop's Bay, that we're very high on. Um, Bishop's Bay got the best of him in their debut, but I knew this horse, we kind of had a pretty good feeling based off physical and how he trained and, and his pedigree that he would like two turns. He obviously broke his maiden and we quickly turned our attention toward the Lexington. It was back a little quick. Um, I think it was four weeks, four or five weeks. But anyhow, um, you know, I th- you know, the Godolphin team, Michael Banahan, we spoke with him, and you know that they were all for you know pursuing the Lexington if it goes well, and he come out of it in great shape. We would look at the Preakness. He did come out of it in great shape. We went back to the track here yesterday at Churchill. We quickly got him back over here. We'll prepare for the Preakness. If, if he's doing well, he'll get an opportunity. I do think he's that type of horse. Um, very talented, very intelligent horse, good mover, very sound. Um, he's he's kind of got all the things that make you think he's a grade one horse. Well, that's uh, Brad Cox. Murderer's Row. Murderer's Row. That's why everyone hangs around Barn 22. <laughs> it's not just the, you know, the media members and the goats. It's Murderer's Row at Barn 22. Brad, thanks for doing this with us. Yeah, we appreciate you. it. Yeah. Anytime, guys. I really, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. That's Brad Cox. There's much more inside the Kentucky Derby to come. It's Derby uh, madness here at Churchill Downs. A lot going on, but that's the update from the Brad Cox stable. Thanks again for listening to Inside the Kentucky Derby. Yeah.